friend, you are here for episode 89 of the Love Your People Well podcast. And if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Jess and I am so glad that you are here, most especially if you're listening in real time. Like if you're taking time out of your undoubtedly busy summer, hopefully wonderful summer, but if you're taking time to tune in to our conversation today, to look in the Psalms with us, I I'm so encouraged by that, and I am so thankful for everything that God is doing as we open his word, as we trust his wisdom to lead us, not only in our own individual personal lives, but in our marriages, in our motherhood, in our family life. And and that's really what we're going to zoom in on today, because today we're looking at Psalm 91. And that actually was mentioned um, in the Facebook group recently. <laughs> we had a little conversation going about, you know, what's your favorite psalm? Why is that your favorite psalm? And Psalm 91 came up because it is hope in the darkest times. And as I read through this psalm, I see such clarity between what is God's role in my life, in the world, and what is my role? (laughs) When I look at my family, what is God's role in my family versus what is my role in my family? And so I'm excited to open that door a little bit with you today, explore that together, and dive in to God's Word. This is our final episode in our Summertime in the Psalms series, so you can circle back through um, the other episodes we've done (laughs) recently, filled up the month of July looking at the Psalms. But of course, um, if you don't know it, there's more than four in the Bible. There's actually 150, so feel free to keep reading. Keep diving into God's word on your own, um, whether that's this summer or next year or whenever it is. But for now, all good things must come to an end. We are going to wrap up our summertime in the Psalms series today, looking at Psalm 91. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Well, as usual, my friends, I will remind you of my usual disclaimer. Um, I am a therapist licensed in South Carolina, but this podcast is not therapy. The resources offered through Love Your People Well are not therapy. (laughs) This is not professional. Um, And, you know, we're diving into the Psalms. Let me also acknowledge I'm not a theologian. I do not have my Master's of Divinity. I've not been to seminary. Um, I do spend a lot of time in God's Word and studying and learning. I am totally a nerd. (laughs) I love to do that kind of thing. Um, you know, silly kids, they've really gotten in the way of doing as much reading as I'd like to do these days, but that's life. So I always just like to start off, make sure we're all on the same page. There is plenty of wisdom out there. If you are looking for counseling, if you want to get more of a, a deeper theological look, you know, from a pastor's perspective or something like that, but that's not what this podcast is for. We are here for information, for encouragement, for help. And for some practical tips, I'm a very practical person. I love insight. It's fun. It feels good, but it doesn't actually change anything unless you do something practical with it. So there's my little spiel. 
And as we dive into Psalm 91 today, I will remind you that we have a lot of resources at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash resources. <laughs> um, there's a lot of good free stuff. There's stuff for your marriage. I will particularly point you to the free Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. And I will point you toward, um, in the Etsy shop particularly, we have a prayer journal that is quite popular. Um, just, well, it's a one-pager, but there's like three different designs included in the one product. Um, you know, if you're struggling to really connect with the Lord, that might be a great resource for you. It's a very popular item in the Etsy shop. Um, we have several devotionals that we offer. So there's a lot of stuff there. If you have enjoyed diving into the Psalms with me, um, definitely take a look around the website and see what might connect with you as a next step, because this is our last episode of the Summertime in the Psalms series. And I'm going to walk us through, just like we have for every episode this month, we're going to read through the New International Version of Psalm 91, and then we're going to kind of talk through it. We're going to ask ourselves, what do we learn about God? What do we learn about ourselves? And what do we learn for family life? How to live family life well? How to love our people well? So let's dive in to Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I shall satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, let's just say it together, friends. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Is there really any other possible response after we read a psalm like Psalm 91? There is so much richness here. And so what I want to do is kind of walk through the verses and then really spotlight what do we see about God? What does he do? What do I do? You know, what are those takeaways for family life that we see here in Psalm 91? And what I see right off the bat in these very first few verses is basically a promise, an acknowledgement that if I trust and follow God, which is verses one and two, if I do this, verses three and four tell us he will save us. He will cover us. Verses five through eight tell us we do not need to fear death 
or destruction. If I trust and follow God, he will save me. He will cover me. And I don't need to fear. I don't need to fear anything. And we can pause there and just acknowledge there is so much in this world that we do fear that we can so easily fear. I am recording this episode. I mean, I I guess I want to say at the tail end of the pandemic, the coronavirus COVID pandemic, (laughs) who knows if it's the tail end, things can change. But there has been so much fear, so much uncertainty over the last few years. I know I've mentioned on the podcast over the last few months, as I'm pregnant, um, I've had a lot of anxiety coming up (laughs) with this pregnancy. Things have not gone perfectly, but by God's grace, they're going just fine today. And, you know, we're due any day now, any week now. Uh, You never know exactly when these kiddos are going to come. But there has been a lot of opportunity for fear. And some of that is personal. You know, you may or may not be pregnant. You may or may not have some anxiety issues. Um, The pandemic may or may not be over. Some of it is personal and some of it is more... uh, I guess, corporate, like societal, community, like it's totally out of our control, but it is never out of God's control. And we can trust, not that he's going to save us from every illness, every plague. I mean, it says that we do not need to fear the terror of the night, the pestilence, the arrow, the plague. We do not need to fear these things, but we know one day we will die. We will succumb, whether that's to a plague or to old age or whatever it is. We know that we are not promised eternal life in this state, in this world, in this current life. We are promised eternal life in Christ, in the next life. That's a whole different picture. (laughs) But what we can see and trust right here in the first eight verses of Psalm 91 is that if we are trusting God, and we're following God. We do not need to fear any of the things going on around us because he's covering us. He's protecting us. He is in complete control. And then we see that carried on through the next few verses. If I trust and follow God, verse nine is kind of coming back to that point. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most higher dwelling. So if you're trusting him, if you're following him, no harm will overtake us. He will guard us. He will protect us. And verse 13, we will conquer. Now, again, we know that physical harm does happen to us. Sickness happens to God-fearing Christians all the time. Disasters in the worldly sense happen to Christians all the time. But he is guarding us. He is very clear, you know, this makes me think ahead to the New Testament, where Jesus is promising us in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is promising us, I tell you these things, I have come so that you will have peace, even though you're going to have trouble. And it's hard for us sometimes to reconcile verses like these, like 9 through 13, when we are experiencing harm, we are struggling with a disaster. We do not feel like we're being guarded. We're not seeing ourselves, you know, treading on the lion and the cobra and like overcoming these huge hurdles and obstacles and dark seasons of life. 
we don't always feel the truth, emotionally feel the truth of these verses. But that's where we have to ground ourselves in verse 9. Can we say, the Lord is my refuge? Have we truly made the Most High our dwelling? Because if that is true, if he is our refuge and he is our dwelling, then these things of life that trouble us and threaten us and freak us out and stress us out, they are not ultimate. And we can rest as we rest in Jesus. We can trust that even when it feels like and looks like and seems like things are falling apart, God is actually guarding us. He is there in it. He knows exactly what's happening. He knows why it's happening, why he's allowing it to happen. He knows how he is going to turn it for good. We don't know all of that in the moment, or at least we very rarely know any of that in the moment. But our refuge and our dwelling, the Lord, he knows all of it. He is in control of all of it. And then we see this psalm conclude with, um, with a promise. What, so because I love God, we've already seen, if I trust and follow God, these various things happen. If I trust him, he saves me. If I trust him, no harm will overtake me. If I follow him, I will conquer. He will guard me. He will protect me. And then in verse 14, it shifts a little bit to look more at what happens because I love God. Verse 14 is the Lord speaking, because he loves me, because Jessica loves me, because Christina loves me, because Jennifer loves me, fill in your name, because you love me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. He is saying, if you love me, I will rescue you. I will protect you because you acknowledge my name. In these closing verses, we see God's promise to rescue us, protect us, and we see that as we call on him, as we love him, as we proclaim his name, he answers, he delivers, he honors us, and he shows us salvation. He is present with us. Now, yes, verse 16 concludes with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, just like we've already talked about, we know that that is not a promise that we're all going to live to be 102. I mean, that's just not reality. Plenty of people, including Jesus, did not live really that long of a life in this world. That's not the long life he's promising us. He is promising us eternity with him. He is promising us relationship with him. He will be with us in trouble. He will deliver us. He will satisfy us and he will show us his salvation. And I read through these 16 verses and the way that I would sum it up, you might totally have a different summary, (laughs) summary sentence. That's fine. But what I see is that as I love, trust and follow God, I can rest in his faithful, protective love. I'm going to say it again. As I, and same is true for you, as we, as I love, trust, and follow God, I can rest in his faithful, protective love. And my friend, we can expand that to our family. As we individually love, trust, and follow God, we can rest in the fact that he is faithful and protective not just of us as individuals, but of the people we love, the people he has given us. 
hopefully our family members are also loving, trusting, and following God. And we can rest together in his faithful, protective love. But even if that's not the case, maybe our kids are too young to have made a profession of faith. Maybe our husband has walked away or he's struggling or our kids have grown up and decided, eh, this isn't really for me. Wherever we might be with our family's relationship with the Lord, we as individuals, as women before the Lord, we can still rest in his faithful, protective love. And so before I share um, my three takeaways that I see from Psalm 91, um, I want to highlight really just a roll through these verses because I really see a strong emphasis on answering the questions, who is God? What does God do? Like, what are those action steps that we see from God, we can trust and expect from God? And then what about us? What do I do? So he does these action steps. What action steps do I do? What am I supposed to do? What do I need to do in order to live into a perfect, beautiful, righteous relationship with my Lord? So if we start with the question, who is God? We see in verses two and verse nine, he is our refuge. In verse two, he is our fortress. Verse nine, he is the most high. Verse nine, he is our dwelling. Verse 14, he is our rescuer. He is our protector. And verse 16, he is our savior. Who is he? He's our refuge, our fortress, our dwelling, our rescuer, our protector, our savior, and he is the most high. Okay, that's a pretty good character list of who is God, understanding who he is, his character. But what does he do? Well, in verse three, we see that he saves. Verse four, he covers us. Verses four through seven, he protects us. Verse eight, he punishes the wicked. Verse 11, he commands his angels, and he specifically does that concerning us and our good. Verse 11, he guards us. Verse 14, he rescues us. Verse 15, he answers us. Verse 15, he stands with us in trouble. He delivers. He honors. Verse 16, he gives life. He satisfies and he gives salvation. So before we look briefly at that question of, okay, so what do I do? What's my role? What are my action steps? Let's just review. I mean, we can never, we can never get too comfortable with the incredible reality of who our God is, that this God most high, our refuge, our fortress, our dwelling, our protector, our savior, he saves, he covers, he protects he commands his angels. He guards and rescues and answers. He stands with us. He delivers. He honors. He gives life and satisfaction and salvation. My friend, these are good things. <laughs> these are incredible things that we can so easily start to take for granted if we've been in the church for any length of time. And, and I'm guessing you know this experience. I know that I know this experience. Like you're singing these worship songs or you're starting prayer and you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, like going through the motions. Our God is an awesome God, la, la, la. No, my friends, that's ridiculous. That means we are not really in tune, at least in that moment, with the truth of who God is and what he does. We should never 
stop being amazed and awestruck by who God is and what he does. But we also see in this psalm some action steps for us. So with everything about who God is and what he does, what do we do? Well, in verse 1, we dwell with him. We rest in him. Verse 2, we trust and we praise. Verses 5 and 6, we never fear. Verse 8, we observe and watch. Verse 9, we make God our dwelling. Verse 13, we tread on lion, cobra, and serpent. Verse 14, we acknowledge God's name. And verse 15, we call on God. Now, you may have noticed those are very different action steps than what God does. He is the one saving and covering and commanding and guarding and delivering and protecting. We are dwelling and resting and trusting, calling on his name. We're observing. Really, the only like super action-y action step is that we tread on lion and cobra and serpent. And that's in verse 13, which is very clearly linked with as we acknowledge God and make him our dwelling and we're resting in him, he's commanding his angels. They are lifting us up so that we don't strike our foot, so that we tread on the lion and the cobra. Like, yes, we're taking the action step because God is equipping us to do that. So yes, I I think that's enough. <laughs> like we can just rest all day in looking at these truths about who God is, what he does, and how that's different than what we do, particularly as we think about our family life. You undoubtedly want to save your kids. You want to cover your kids, protect your kids. You want to guard your kids and stand with them in trouble and deliver them and honor them and give them life and satisfaction. But my friend, you can't do that. You can only ask God to do that, trust God to do that, rest in God and watch him do that. But you can't do it for him. And I can't do it for him. And that can be painful as a mom. And and in our marriage, that can be painful as a wife to see a need or a struggle or a temptation, to see these things happening or to see them coming in the future and to realize I have so little control over that, except for the fact that I know the one and I'm resting in the one and trusting the one who has complete control over that. And that really changes how we approach our marriage, how we approach parenting. It changes how we interact with and engage with our family as a unit, as a, as a, you know, those relationships that are bigger than just one-on-one. It's not just you and your husband. It's not just you and your oldest daughter and your youngest son. Like everyone is interacting with everybody else. (laughs) That gets a lot more complicated and hopefully a lot more fun. But it also means there's a lot more that we can worry about and be fearful of and a lot more potential for someone to be hurting, someone to be struggling, someone to be in a dark season. But we all have the same hope. And it is not our strength that we are hoping in. It is not our action steps or our character. It is the character of God and the action steps that he promises. So with all of this, there are three takeaways that I see from Psalm 91 as I read through this and think about 
my family and my life. And like I've said every week, you might have totally different takeaways. That's how God works. As long as it's grounded in scripture, uh, you know, it's good. He knows what's going on in your life, your family. He knows exactly what needs to change, where you need to press in or step out or, you know, what needs to happen. So these are the takeaways I see as I read Psalm 91 and pray for my family. And the first is I see a necessity to develop godly family habits, especially prayer. Like it's maybe easy enough to read the Bible with our kids or like talk about things with our kids, but to pray, to really genuinely pray with my kids, with my husband, to take these moments where we feel like the terror of the night is real, that everyone around me is falling, the plague is coming, like this is the end of the world. I mean, that's basically what it feels like when you're really in the thick of it. To recognize those moments with my family and have enough habits and routines developed already that we can come together and turn to the Lord. Because if we wait until things are falling apart, I mean, yes, God is still faithful. He's going to move. He's going to answer. He's going to listen. But we are less likely to actually get to experience the peace of that because we have not really built that muscle, that faith muscle of having a habit of praising God, turning to God, trusting God, resting with God. And I don't just want that for myself. I want that for my whole family. And the second takeaway that I see here is a calling and a responsibility to teach my kids who God is, my refuge, fortress, dwelling, protector, what he does, he saves, he covers, he guards, he honors, he delivers, and how we respond. We dwell, we rest, we trust, we don't fear, we do call. I want to not only know that for myself, live that for myself, but teach my kids who he is, what he does, and how we respond. And that is a high calling, my friend, especially when we're struggling, especially when we are in a dark season and and we're questioning or we're doubting or we're just wrestling. It's hard to do that and teach our kids, the Lord is still our refuge. The Lord is still our dwelling. He is the one who will rescue me. And so I'm not saying these are easy takeaways, but I am saying that they are they are practical action steps for how God wants us to invest in our family life. And then the third takeaway that I see here is a calling to live by faith day in and day out, to trust God and to basically to never stop praying because I've been in these dark seasons and I don't know what's coming. There might be even darker seasons ahead. Undoubtedly, there's dark seasons, I, you know, to, to what degree, to what severity? I don't know. I do know a lot of that will depend on how strong is my faith? How strong is my intimacy with the Lord? If he is my refuge, if I am calling on him and I'm loving him and I'm actively pursuing him, then those dark seasons, they won't feel quite as dark. I don't know what they're going to look like. You might be in a dark season today, or you might be coming out of one or going into one, you don't even know it's coming. But one of the action steps that I take away from Psalm 91 is the necessity 
of living it day by day, living out my faith day by day, trusting God and praying. I find it's really easy to take that for granted, especially when life kind of, it feels pretty good and I'm super busy and I'm not getting enough sleep and my kids are keeping me plenty busy and, you know, things are feeling okay. And so it's easy in those moments to get a little bit less intentional with my Bible time and to pray a little bit less frequently and less urgently and less intensely and to kind of rest on my faith rather than resting on God. But that is not the way that I should live. It's not the way I want to live. And this psalm reminds me and encourages me and prompts me to live it out day by day in the good and in the bad, trusting God and praying always. And as always, my friends, if you have some different takeaways Um, I would love to hear about them. I would love for you to hop into our Facebook group and share with the group, share where you have seen God working and acting and saving, share your takeaways. How are you loving your family and doing it well (laughs) as you rest in God? I would love to hear from you. That is always so encouraging. And I will remind you again that we have other resources. If you're hearing this and you're thinking, I want that intimacy with the Lord. I don't know if I trust him quite that much. Grab the Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. Dive into a devotional. Get a prayer system in place, a gratitude system in place. Like, Get some resources to move forward in your relationship with the Lord, whether that's through Love Your People Well or any place else, talk to your pastor, go to your local church. They undoubtedly have resources they would recommend. Talk to your friends. I mean, we all know there's like a million things out there. The question is, are you really looking for it? And are you really going to use it in a practical and helpful way? So for our stuff, you can head to loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash resources. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of other options out there, my friend. The main thing would be open your Bible and just start reading. Start talking, ask God questions, wrestle with him, read the same verse every day for a month if you need to. Whatever it is, you can trust he's in it, he's talking, he's not going to let that time go to waste. And if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, um, reach out to me and I will get you a Bible. We will definitely make that happen. With all of that in mind, my friends, we've talked a lot about today. We've talked today a lot about, I should say, we've talked a lot about prayer. And we will be back on Friday in our Friday Faith Follow-Up episode, 89 and a half. We will pray through Psalm 91. I think that's a great way to not only connect with God's word and understand it a little bit better, but to draw close to God, to pray through his word and let him lead our prayers. And so that's what we're going to do on Friday. I hope you will circle back and join us. And until then, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.